Hello listeners, welcome to episode two of Reach Out Parents Live. Today we're speaking about establishing rules and setting boundaries with your young person. I'm your host, Melissa Hoyer, and joining me on the podcast today is the father of five, Matt Green, and psychologist, Joe Tai. Boundary setting is an important part of helping your team gain independence, remain safe, and learn how to make good decisions. But setting consequences that stick, building trust, and making sure you've covered all the bases can get pretty complicated. As usual, we're answering questions submitted via commenters on Facebook where this conversation originally appeared. Let's begin. Reach Out is Australia's leading online mental health organisation. It's for young people and their parents. And of course, our practical support, our tools and our tips are all out there for everyone to use, just so life can possibly be better for, of course, teenagers and their parents. Um, as a mum myself, you know, there are sometimes I think, am I doing this right? I need some help. What boundaries should I be setting? Should my son be doing this? Can he do that? There are so many, you know, books and tips out there. But today we have two serious experts who know their stuff. Our first uh, our guest today is Matt Green. He's an author. He's a father of five and he's just an all-round nice guy. So that's pretty good. Welcome, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. And our second guest is a psychologist, Joe Tai. Uh, Joe is a, a, a internationally renowned psychologist, uh, and he's studying his PhD. He's our big brain today. So welcome to the couch, Joe. No pressure. Thanks, Melissa. No pressure <laughs> at all, hey? <laughs> We're going to get st stuck into it because we've got so many questions and so much we, we really want to talk about today. So I guess um, with setting sort of boundaries and rules around them. I mean, how do you go about doing that? As a father of five, how have you gone about doing that? Setting boundaries uh, with children, it's actually not that difficult. Two things to do. One is to um, have your partner on side, of course. That always helps a lot. Second thing is uh, to get your children involved with the boundary setting. If you can have them uh, buy in to the rules and the boundaries that you're setting there, you have a much better chance of, of being able to enforce them down the track. And Joe, what are, sort of what are your thoughts on boundaries? Yeah. Um, boundaries are important and it's important to be able to reflect as, as a parent on, on what your parenting style is. If you're, if you're really strict and you want really strict boundaries, at the same time, there's other parents that are quite permissive or very relaxed about the boundaries. That's probably not the best idea either. So somewhere in the middle where we can have some, some rules, but a little bit of flexibility and, and the ability to reflect on ourselves as, as parents and, and how, we're, how we're going. Is it hard to find that fine line, though, between not having many and having too many boundaries? A absolutely. And the only way we, as a parent, the only way you can find it is to be self-aware and, and look at yourself and, and, and be and question yourself and, and admit to mistakes if you make mistakes as parents because we're only human. Yes. We've got obviously lots of people um, uh, with questions and there's one that's actually come in from Alexis. Um, how do you go about setting these boundaries but then making them stick? It's all good and well for us to go, you have to be home at this time, you can't drink, you can't do that. You, how have you gone about that with your, your children? Well, again, it's, it's, it's having them buy into the boundaries is, is one of the key. Um, only then can you uh, make it stick long term. So you have boundaries, you have consequences. If they agree to the terms of the boundary, 
then you can implement the consequences afterwards if they, if they breach the rules. Mm. Joe? Yeah, I really agree with Matt. That, that buy-in buy is, is massive because if you can get the young person to, to agree, they, they own it. That's the, the ownership is, is, is part of their agreement as, as well. It's not just a rule being passed down from the top down, down below. If they have the buy-in, um, if, if the boundary is broken or the rules are broken, you can come back to them and say, listen, we, you know, we, agreed, on, we agreed on this. Do you remember? This was, this was, bo this was both of us involved. Mm. The consistency of both parents is, mm. is crucial as well. And, and both parents being on the same page most of the time yeah. so that the young people can and, um, you know, play one off against the other or, or, or be confused around what the rules are. Very important. And we'll talk about single parenthood a bit later. You're watching our Facebook Live, of course, uh, Reach Out Parents. Please um, um, uh, send some questions, comments, whatever you like, because we've got both Matt and Joe here to answer all of your questions. Actually, we have an audience question from Kwang. She, um, this is her question. I have three kids... Uh, all 12 to 18 months apart. They're really different people, thank goodness, and they need to, and do need rules and boundaries to reflect this. So how do I manage this without all hell breaking loose? You know, when you have three very different kids. Joe, how would you do that? How would you go about that? Yeah, and, and the... Quang, um, uh, was it? She, 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 she mentioned... Um, have, you know, they're 12 or 18 months apart. So, you know, for, for in, in teenage years, that's quite a significant difference. There's, there's quite different rules for a 12-year-old compared to a 14-year-old or a 14-year-old compared to, compared to a 16-year-old. So this, this, is, this is the challenge. But there, do need to, there does, does need to be distinct rules um, around curfews or how lo long someone can stay out at night or, or if they're going to have an overnight somewhere, mm. somewhere else. So this is one of the difficulties. Parenting is hard. We, mm. we, need, to accept, we need to accept that. The parenting is hard. Parenting multiple children is, is, is even harder. Um, and, and this is just part, this is part of the work. So Matt, I mean, with yeah. your five children, there, I think there were a, a couple that are very close together. Um, my your oldest, eldest? yeah, my oldest three, in fact, um, we had three children under the age of five at one stage. Um, luckily for us, they were all boys. So the simple matter was, uh, once we could enforce the rules with the oldest boy, the other two tend to follow suit, which was good. Um, but it's, as Joe said, it's being a parent, there's no, there's no manual to being a parent. We wish know? there was, you because it would all be perfect, Exactly we? correct. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's funny, I mean, with teenagers and, you know, you've, ha you've had teenagers, I have a teenager, you've got a five-year-old, so you've got a few years to go, um, they tend to use the, um, their emotional side of their brain more so than more. Um, than, than we do. This means they sometimes do things that are a bit rash or do things that are, you know, off the cuff. Um, they're driven by that emotion. So how do us as parents, how do we work around that? Maddie? Well, um, inevitably there is going to be the argument. Yeah. And um, for want of a better phrase, all hell will break loose. <laughs> uh, and the screaming match will, will ensue. But as parents, you know, we're the grown-ups and we need to realise that, that no one wins the shouting match. So a lot of parents have different ways of coping with it. Um, I used to take a, a very long, slow, deliberate, deep breath. Um, and only after doing that, I could calm myself down on the inside. That was when I could then have the conversation with them. Mm. Um, and sometimes it was a matter of, look, you know, we can't have this conversation right now. You, it's, it's, you're too emotional about it. You go to your room, you go and do what you need to do, I'll go and do what I need to do and we'll talk about it in half an hour. So Joe, as a psychologist, we talk about the reptilian side of 
a child's brain or a teenager's mm. brain. Mm. Tell me more and, about and, that. And adults, adults have that part of, part of the brain too, a very, very old part of the brain going back thousands of years, but it's, it's basically largely emotional and, and it helps us protect ourselves and we react emotionally to, to, to events that happen, like fight or flight. Um, it's very important as parents to, rem to remember, you know, the, the young person's brain is not fully formed. We're, you know, for men and women, our brains aren't fully formed until we're in our mid-20s and for, for young men a little bit later. Um, I remember being that young myself and, and that, that involves risk-taking and impulsive behaviour, emotional behaviour and, and, and young men particularly take those risks mm. right up into their mm. 20s. So it's important when, the, when these arguments come up about impulsive behaviour or emotional behaviour, as an adult with a fully formed brain we, we hope that we can, we can step, step back and, um, and reflect and, and just have that little bit of space um, for, to let the emotion, to let the emotion mm. run and for people to, to, calm, to calm down. And, and remember that, that um, these are still brains that are developing um, and not, not developing very, very quickly. No, not until no. 25, 26 years of age. Exactly, still got a few years. Yeah. Actually, I think that's a good segue. We've got a, a video we spoke to, reach out, we spoke to a whole lot of uh, parents about setting boundaries and sort of how do they bring calm into the house. So let's take a look at this. I will probably take myself off into a, another space in the house. Um, and just do something else. If you get distracted by something, so I sit on the couch and I start playing my games. I turn myself to prayer. <laughs> I do pray, um, but I do have my moments where I need to get in my room and sort of scream. It's really important afterwards to touch base and say, hey, I shouldn't have yelled at you, I'm sorry I yelled at you, this is why, this is what happened, this is how I experienced it, how are you, and are we okay? Sometimes you just have to uh, walk away and let them go to their room or whatever they do when they're really angry and give them a bit of uh, space and um, and then talk about it again afterwards. Get them to do star jumps in front of in front of you when you're sitting on that couch. Get them to do star jumps and you'll all end up laughing because it's so funny to watch. Talking to friends also helps, going for coffee with friends and mates and other people that you will understand. But uh, it's very important for me to remain calm because I'm in control, I'm the mother. So some of those tips, I mean, that, that some of those were good, but there are, are there a few others that you perhaps have used, Matt? Uh, most of those I've used. Um, and, I've, more. <laughs> and more. I've never gone to do you know, star jumps. I'm not sure I'd, I'd be able to do that. Um, but again, it comes back to, to the breathing, the mindfulness, that sort of, that sort of exercise that I like to do. Mm. Uh, it just keeps you calm on the inside and that helps you stay calm on the outside. Mm. Joe? Yeah, one of the people on the on the video there made a really good point about you know meeting friends and have, having a coffee. And, mm. and often when we when we have children, we get so busy with, with work and trying to pay bills and surviving, and, and also looking after children in, in all the other time that our so, our social lives diminish very very much, and we don't get that release out out of the home or away away from the workplace. And for for men, it's very important to have just, just somewhere else to go, and, and because women tend to tend to network that little bit better and keep those social circles that little bit better, whereas men often can sometimes just work and come home to the, to, to the family. So it's important for, for all parents um, to have, have a social outlet as well so that their stress is, is coming down and they're, they're probably in a better frame of mind in, in, in the home. Mm. So for those of you just joining us, we're of course uh, talking uh, uh, parenting, we're talking teenagers, we're talking boundaries. So please, please uh, comment. And if you'd like a, a question to be answered by Joe or Matt, please uh, go to the question part of, our, of their Facebook page. Now, we do have a question. Oh, the, they're coming in like there's, there's millions of them. Ash, we have Ash. 
Ash has actually commented one reason that conflict might arise around rules and boundaries is that your teenagers have grown up since those boundaries were set. Say, you know, a curfew that was decided when they were 13 obviously is going to change when they're 15, 16, 17, 18. So how do you deal, I guess, with those boundary changes as our children get older? How did you do that, Matt? Um, I liked to try and preempt the boundary changes. Um, my children, as they were getting older, was there's no point in bringing you home from the party at eight o'clock. You're 16 now. <laughs> yeah. you know, would you like to stay till, till 10 or 11? I'll pick you up then. And what that did was it generated a lot of trust uh, both ways um, and respect for the boundaries that we were setting. Mm. So it, it worked well with the kids. They um, bought into it, which is what we were discussing before. And uh, it was a, a nice, you know, sort of surprise as well. Yes. Yeah. Joe? Yeah, these things that Matt mentions, trust and respect, are, are, are massive. Um, and our young people won't trust us, our children won't trust us unless we role model, you know, trusting behaviour, respectful behaviour, respectful communication mm. to our partners, to our friends, to the community and, and to our children. So if we, if we can maintain good communication, it's, I'm not saying this is easy, good communication and, and good trusting relationships with our young people, um, that will, when, when the changes occur, these inevitable changes that occur, for, for example, technology, we don't know what apps young people will be using mm. in, in two years' time. That's hard to preempt. That preempt preempt those kind of things. But if we don't have an open channel of communication with, with our young people, they won't talk to us about these apps, and we won't, we won't be able to have respectful, trusting conversations with them um, about what technology they're using if, if they've shut the door to that communication. Mm. So, so maintaining the relationship and always be open to, to changing ourselves as adults um, while they change is... is, yeah. is, is As you easy. said, I mean, parenting, it's not easy. Yeah, you know, it, no. it, it, is, it is a job and I think that's one thing that is so good about these sessions we're having. You know, we're talking about the real logistics of parenting mm. and, and, and it is a, ser a very serious business. So, got a uh, question from Sharon who actually submitted this session. Sharon says, I'm nervous about my 17-year-old son going to parties. Is it okay for him to drink when all his friends are? I know there were even drugs present at a party recently. How do I figure out rules around this? I can't stop him from leaving the house forever, but I do feel a bit scared around what to do next. And that is a funny age. I can relate to this because my son is 17. He goes to parties. There is alcohol. There probably, there may be drugs. You know, we haven't worked to discuss that. But, you know, I do find it hard. Um, you know, I always say to him, you know, don't drink too much. But you know, what, what should we be doing? Mm. Joe. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was, um, I'm not sure the parties you went to when you were 17, but there was, there was alcohol and possibly drugs at the, at the, one, the ones I went to. Oh, yes, um, they were. The vast majority of young people manage, manage to navigate this um, themselves. Sometimes they learn the hard way. They, they, go, um, they go overboard um, with alcohol or other substances and, and they learn the hard way. You know, but we have to trust them and trust their friends as well. If we, if we know their friends and their friends' parents, we can have open conversations. If we, if we have clear guidelines around, around what's going to happen if, um, if someone gets intoxicated, who, who will they call, who, 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 will, um, who will pick them up from a party? That can re reassure us as, as, as much as anything. Um, my mother is 80. She still worries about me. So, yeah. so I think it's, it's um, you know, almost 80. So it's something parents are always going to worry whether your yeah. child is 17 or, or when your child is 47. Um, this, is, this, is, this is part of it and something we have to manage as parents to, to let, let it go, let it go as much as we can mm. and, and let them go as much mm. as we can. And I think, um, I mean, even as, a, as my 17-year-old, he had one 
pretty awful experience with alcohol and I think in a weird way that has sort of taught him mm. to just to go easy. Um, so, you know, so often it's about having that one bad experience where you think, oh, dear, I'm not having that many beers again. Yeah. Not that we should, we're, we're condoning one useful thing is a lot of online resources. If you don't always want to be the one lecturing or, yeah, or giving yeah. the rules, um, um, put people towards reachout.com or Headspace's videos um, and, or your young people, your children towards them. When, when they see other young people talking about the, some, of, some of the worries or dangers, they might, they might listen or respond in a different way rather than it always being yourself given the, the, the rules or the lectures. Yeah. yeah. Matt, what do you think? Well, I had, uh, had... I mean, you've got kids that are in their 20s. Yes, yeah, that's right. So I remember uh, my oldest boy, I took him to a, a party. It was his friend was turning 18. He was 16, 17 at the time, I guess. And I said to him in the car, I said, look, you know, there's going to be alcohol here. I, I know you're going to be tempted to have a drink. I said, I just, you know, I trust you. Just please take care. Um, and I knew the family. Uh, they knew how to contact us should anything have gone wrong. <laughs> And, and he's, he still remembers that conversation now. He's 26 years of age and he remembers us having that conversation. And he didn't go and do anything too stupid. You're pretty good dad, aren't you, mate? <laughs> I try. He's done good. <laughs> and, I try. And something, you know, young people sometimes get a lot of sticks. Something to remember now is that young people are, dr are drinking less and less than, mm. than they ever were in Australia. So that's, you know... That's, that's an interesting point, Joe, because I think... A lot of the, you know, the media that's put out there is, oh, my God, we're, 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 we've got a bunch of teenage alcoholics in mm. Australia. Mm. You know, not, not alcoholics, but teenagers who are drinking too much. But the statistics yeah. are actually saying yeah. the opposite. That's right. That's, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Oh, and it's good to hear. It's reassuring for parents. Very yeah. reassuring. Thank you. And, and for your five-year-old. That's right. Um, <laughs> we have a question now for Margie. How do you do it if you don't have a partner? And this is now... I guess, comes down to now single parenting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when there are two houses, two homes um, with no buy-in, you know, you've got... I mean, you're a divorced um, father. I'm a separated mother. Of a teenager, you have teenagers and smaller kids. You have a five-year-old. You are um, separated. Um, you know, how, how, do the bound, how do we cope with boundaries when we don't know what's going on perhaps in the other household? Sure. When you first separate, it's not as if the whole... I mean, yes, the world changes, but all the boundaries that, that you and your partner previously set, uh, I presume you've worked that out with your partner, of course, so there's no real need to change those. You had a bedtime um, when you were together, so that bedtime still exists when you're separated. Yes. Table manners, you, you were good, well-mannered at the dinner table. That doesn't change now because you're staying at, at Dad's. Yes. Um, so it's a matter of, of respecting the other partner and mm. respecting those boundaries that were set. Mm. Then the next trick happens, though, you know, as you've been separated for a while and uh, boundaries change, children get older. Hopefully uh, you can maintain good dialogue with, um, with your ex-partner mm. uh, on the basis that it's good for the children. Um, and if they're the custodial parent, because that's always the trickiest part. The custodial parent is the one that is dealing with the, the rules and the boundaries the majority of the time. Um, you really have a responsibility to respect those boundaries yes. and, and work with your, the custodial parent, whoever that may be, exactly. to make sure the children are following the rules. Don't forget to go, of course, to our comments uh, section of the Facebook page because we really do want to hear from you. And, of course, any questions you've got for, for both Matt and for Joe. I think um, we'll move on now to um, 
uh, a question. We've got a question from, from a, a viewer. Prue, I'm finding it really hard to keep up with the things my teens want. Everybody he goes to school with seems to constantly be getting new phones or trainers or, you know, whatever the, the new hot thing is. But how do I say no in, it, you know, we, often people can't afford it, but how do you say no without you then coming out as being the worst per parent in the world? Joe. <laughs> I don't care about being the worst parent in the world. <laughs> so, so I just say no all the time. Um, it, you know, having, having consistency with, with parents, whether they live together or not, really, really helps. So if, if, if the rules um, or, or the, 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 um, the, the things you say no to are the same across the parents, that helps a lot. But, um, um, just being clear on, on why why the no is important to you as a parent, I, we, we can't say what's right or wrong for, for parents to, to, to um, offer or give give their mm. children. Um, I have my I have my boundaries and they're fairly fairly strict. Um, um, so so no comes e no comes easily to me. But I I also explain it. You know whether yes. whether, whether it's a financial reason or the fact that all her teeth will fall out if she keeps eating all the <laughs> or, or whatever the, whatever the reasons are. I always give an explanation. Um, and um, and keep consistent with my with my nose. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Matt? Because I mean, you, you would have had to probably say no, having five children. <laughs> it'd probably be no's. more nos than yeses. I yeah, would think. There's, how, there's how did you cope? A lot of no's. Look, uh, one of the the tips I can suggest is to try uh, and avoid the whole Disneyland parenting scenario. Um, this is this is well known. I'm pretty sure that everybody's heard of this before, and that's where you become the person that buys all the gifts and the toys and just does all the fun stuff. That just turns you into a giant cash machine, yes. and you know it doesn't grow on trees, as the old saying <laughs> exactly. goes. Sooner or later, it runs out. So if you don't set the expectations that every time you come to stay at Daddy's, you're going to get something new and exciting and wonderful, uh, you, your children will respect the fact that they don't always get a new pair of Vans or the latest iPhone just because. That's what other friends have. Mm. I had a question from Larissa. She asks, I'm a step-parent and want to enforce rules and boundaries, but I'm afraid the kids won't listen to me as I'm not their real parent. So do you have any tips for managing this? And I think this is actually a very big issue because we do have so many mixed families now. What about from your point of view, Joe? I mean, have, have you... Yeah, it's a really what, good question. Yeah, what yeah. do you think? It's a really good question and you, you, you can see how somebody stepping, in, stepping into Absolutely. a family may be a little bit reluctant to, to um, push you hard or set rules. I, I guess, um, you know, being, being consistent with, with, the, with the other parent um, and trying to be consistent with the, the, biologi the other biological mm. parent as, as well and show, showing respect for, for everyone and backing, backing up... Um, the rules that are already in place, and, and maybe going gently at, at first um, to maintain and build build the relationships, and, and gradually earn that trust. Young people, young people want boundaries. They, they they want rules. That's how they learn discipline, um, and that's how they learn to learn to respect you. If the, if there's no rules, there's there's there's, there's much uh, uh, more chance of a, a lack of respect and, mm. and, and and things going a bit um, haywire. You know? So Matt, what yeah. would your suggestion be? Oh, no, Joe's hit the nail yeah. right on the head there. It's all about consistency. Um, it's very difficult for a new partner that's, that's come on the scene because they may have different mm. opinions about the rules and boundaries that, that you've already preset. Yes, yes. So, you know, you need to talk to that person first and, and get it cleared together. Then there's the, the ex-partner, clear with them as well. Mm. And then 
only then, once you're united, then you can put those rules in place. We have another question from Amy from um, on Facebook, of course. What are effective ways of reopening the doors of honest communication with my 14-year-old stepson who avoids and ignores conversations with me because he feels guilty and disloyal to his own mother who has cut communications with me? Am I just trying to fight a losing battle? What do you think? Um, no, no, I, I'd like to think... She, um, it is a, it's a great, great question, actually. Um, Adults need to act like adults, I, I, I believe, um, and, and maintain, whether you're in or out of a relationship, um, maintain good communication with the other adults and with the other children. It, it, as, as parents, um, when you've decided to have children, it, it's, work, it's work that has to be done, and we, we, need, to, we need to be respectful to, to other parents and maintain, maintain communication and accept, accept the, the, the realities that, that, that relationships end at, at times. We always need to put the, um, the children at the, at the centre and, and focus on them and their well-being. And playing games with them or power, power games with them, is, 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 that's childish. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, my, um, my current wife came along and inherited five children. So you can imagine, you know, what was going through her mind, I'm sure. Now, <laughs> and she, you. And me as well, that's <laughs> true. Um, what she did with, with our, our kids was just be yourself. Mm. Um, we had a house, we had house rules, we had everything set up the way that we wanted to raise the children. Uh, she was part of that. And over, the, over time, it takes time. The, the, be clear with that right, right up front. It will take time uh, for this 14-year-old to open back up again. But... If you're consistent, we've used that word a few times, mm. uh, if you're fair and, and just be yourself, be honest, uh, it will happen. Consistency and honesty seem to be mm. really sort of the overriding themes, which we haven't actually got much more time, but I do have, um, I want to talk about just boundaries around dating. I mean, mm. how do you handle this, Matt? I mean, even when, when you're now 20-somethings, yeah. we're sort of, we're, we're dating, like sleep sleepovers, you know. Like you know, how do you yeah. cope with like maybe a seventeen or eighteen year old wanting to bring their girlfriend or their boyfriend home? Well, um, again, trust and respect. So the rule in our house was: sure, bring bring your girlfriend over. That's no problem whatsoever. Uh, but we have an open door policy in the yep. house when she's here. And well, you know, why, Dad? We're not going to do anything. I said, Yeah, I know that. But I have a responsibility to your girlfriend's dad. You see, I, he would want me to treat his daughter a certain way. Mm, mm. And that's the same way that I'm going to want my daughter treated when she starts dating. And that's, wow, <laughs> not far off, unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's what it comes down to. Yes. It's, it's respect for um, the person, not just your children, but the person that they're bringing home. Mm. So our open door policy was what we enforced and it, it worked very it worked. well. Yeah. Joe? This is really hard. Um, I, <laughs> um, I'm not fully sure. I, for, for me, I'm trying to remain open as a parent, mm. and I'm, I'm willing to change every day, every week, every year as, as my as my as my daughter grows up. And I hope when that when that dating time comes, that I respond the, the right way by her and whoever whoever she is that um, that she's dating. I don't have the answers for, mm. for that. No. One. <laughs> Well, well, another Anita asks, the rules and boundaries that I have in my house are very different to my teenager's friends. So they often come home complaining that a friend at school's parents don't enforce, enforce the things that I do. So how do I, as a parent, do I manage that? <laughs> okay. yeah, I think that might be you, Matt. <laughs> I don't have a feeling. <laughs> um, well, 
that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and it, it happened a lot. Um, but it also happened in reverse where uh, I would know that my friend, my kids' friends were going home saying, well, hang on, it's a lot more fun going to, to Mr. Green's house because they do this, 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 yes. this and this. So um, I think that if, if the rules and boundaries are, are fair and they're equitable and everybody's agreed to it, then um, that's how we're living our life. And yes. if these people want to live their life this that way, way or that way, that's 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 their them. Time. Yeah. I guess we've got one time, time for one last question. The time is just flowing. Yeah. Okay, so what are some of the good consequences and strategies to use if my teenager does break a rule? What do you think, Joe? I mean, well, yeah, um, what, how, how, I mean, it's the, the whole idea of sort of going really mad and, I mean, yeah, does not, that work? I, I don't think so. I mean, when, when, when a young person breaks a rule, they, they, they know the rule maker isn't going, to be, isn't going to be happy. If you go, if you get very angry at them, you're likely to, the communication's likely to, to end or get, get shut off. Um, try and be calm. Um, you, are, you are the adult, you are meant to be mm. um, calm and, and um, uh, reasonable and able, able to communicate. Um, so have that conversation. Ask ask what went wrong and and why, um, and and if what what the consequences were. If you've said there'll be consequences for for um, a rule being broken, it's it's probably important that you enforce those consequences and 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 do it as respectfully as you as as you can. Yeah, but rule, this is going to happen. Rules are mm. going to get rules are going to get broken. But don't let the relationship um, die. Don't let the relationship kind of end uh, as a result of, of of someone making a mistake. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Joe Ty, Matt Green, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, it was really, I think uh, we got a lot out of that, so thank you. Listeners, thank you for joining us. If you found this discussion interesting and have some actionable tips and insights to try with your teen, please share the podcast with a fellow parent, subscribe and leave us a comment or rating on iTunes because your feedback is valued and will make the podcast better. And if you want more from Reach Out, head to reachout.com slash parents. On our next episode, we'll be speaking about mental health and your young person. It'll be a great discussion, so please don't miss it.